Although Benjamin Franklin thought the turkey would make a better national emblem for the United States, we wound up with the bald eagle. Hardly a surprise, as eagles have fascinated and inspired humans throughout history. Nature writer Stephen Bodio fell under their spell. His new book details the complicated place of eagles in a variety of human cultures. The richly illustrated work, called The Eternity of Eagles, takes us from Central Asia, where the Kazakh tribes use eagles to hunt wolves, to the American West, where herders once shot them from aircraft to protect their flocks. Steve Bodio joins us from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Welcome to Living on Earth, Steve. Well, glad to be here. So tell me, what makes an eagle an eagle? I mean, is this just a name, or is there some real biological distinction between eagles and uh, the other birds of prey? I'm thinking of goshawks and harriers, all kinds of other birds of prey. The word eagle covers 80-odd species, depending on your taxonomy. We use it in English to mean an awful lot of things, almost more cultural than biological, large bird of prey. We also call various things eagles that might be better called hawks or harriers or giant kites or even something completely unique. On the other hand, the truest eagles, the aquila eagles, the eagles we first called eagles, and their relatives are a very distinct bunch of large, intelligent, active predators, usually with feathered legs. They're biologically related, you know, birds, a natural evolutionary group. So there's the essential eagle, and there's the broad, constructed concept eagle. So what's your favorite eagle? My favorite eagle is the golden eagle. That's the eagle that really is eternally, metaphorically, with our culture. It is a, a hunter, an intelligent bird, a bird that has been trained very early by human cultures as a useful and interesting companion. It can live on young herons in the, the Maritimes or on turtles on Greek islands. It was the Roman war eagle and a symbol for that. It was a, an enemy to some cultures and a friend to others. It is the universal eagle, I think. What's one of your favorite eagles that we may not have heard of? Favorite eagle you may not have heard of, which is barely an eagle but has the name, is the Battleur of Africa which is related to the group called snake eagles, but resembles a flying wing. It has almost no tail, huge wings. In the skies of southern and eastern Africa, this always went up, almost like red tails soaring in the east or turkey vultures in the west, except it's moving like some sort of science fictional airplane, barely beating its wings, and it's going by about 60 miles an hour, rocking slightly on the wind. They cover hundreds of miles a day with barely a flap, and they're very pretty in an exotic way. Steve, now you've spent a great deal of time in Central Asia. Please describe for us how people use eagles to hunt there, and I understand they hunt for wolves? They hunt for wolves. Their day-to-day -day hunting is probably more for fur animals and some food animals. Fox is probably the most popular quarry, and that's very easy. I mean, that's just like a hawk catching a rabbit once they learn how to do it. But wolves are an important stock predator in Central Asia, and most people don't have firearms, certainly didn't have them until after the fall of the Soviet Union, and an eagle is capable of killing a wolf. The eagle flies in, quickly grabs the wolf by the muzzle to immobilize its teeth, which are its only weapon, really, unlike a cat, uh, grabs it by the neck or breaks into the chest with its incredibly powerful foot and basically just uh, has it immobilized in a minute or two. The large blood vessels opened and uh, kills it very efficiently. What brought you to Central Asia? 
a lot of romantic travel people fixated on Africa or on South America young for some reason. I was fascinated with Central Asia from the get-go. I saw a picture of a what I now know was a Kazakh herdsman in some magazine when I was about five in Boston. And the guy was wearing a clothes of, of snow leopard and had an eagle on his fist. And I just fixated on this and said to myself, not even consciously, I need to see that. I want to go there. And after the Soviet Union fell, I immediately started making queries of friends I knew who traveled. Have you seen eagles? Have you seen Kazakhs? Have you met Kazakhs? I met a really interesting couple in Brooklyn, in Brighton Beach, <laughs> who showed me films of eagles and wolves and uh, got contacts and eventually flew out in February, midwinter, in order to make sure I was uh, able to see some hunting. Turned out to be a little late in the season, better than too early. Into Ulaanbaatar, into a night of 40 below zero, and then 600 more miles without pavement to Bayanolgi, the Kazakh's Aymag, or state of Mongolia. And a day later, I was looking at a hunting eagle perched on a truck tire and knew I had arrived. <laughs> on a truck tire, huh? On a truck tire. One of the amusing things, I, wonderful things, I think, of Central Asian eagle culture, it's incredibly pragmatic. Tire makes a great perch. You know, certain synthetics make interesting justice material. Modern uh, sort of high-tech uh, outdoor clothing is warm and can be worn underneath your traditional fur robes. And why not? And they're still doing something they've been doing for thousands of years and are happily making use of uh, modern technology. One of the fun photographs in there is the bird riding in a, a sidecar on a Russian motorcycle going out to hunt. Now tell me, how did the Kazakhs uh, train these eagles that they used to hunt? The taming is merely familiarizing. The Kazakhs do one particular odd thing. They put the bird on a, what looks like almost like a hammock rolled up, tethered at both ends. So it's on a swinging perch, hooded, to make it have to constantly be changing its grip and a little off base while they gradually expose it to humans, to children, to dogs, to horses, and to food. They feed the bird which I find interesting, on the point of a knife or out of a bowl rather than their fingers, so it's obviating being bitten or snatched easily. The taming, it goes like that. And eagles are very intelligent, and like most birds of prey, even as adults, tame down really fast. After each of those training processes, you simply teach, think of teaching a dog. You teach a bird to come when it's called. Here's the food. Whistle, whistle, here's the food. Come on, come on, come on, boy. <laughs> or, or actually, mostly girl, because one thing we haven't touched on but is a commonplace in bird of prey people, female birds of prey are larger and stronger than the males, almost inevitably. The more predatory the species, the more likely this dichotomy. Very few males are trained by the Kazakhs. And when I once asked uh, an older Kazakh, perhaps blunter than my friends of my own age, if you ever trained a male, he says, do I look like I hunt mice? <laughs> so what was it like to ride with the Kazakh Eagle tribes? Completely delightful. They're the most hospitable people in the world. I could not ride all day and all day and as fast as uh, these people could. I mean, I, I didn't grow up on horseback. But you'd go out in this freezing, freezing weather and ride over hill and rock and ice and very little vegetation, just looking for a flight of a fox and... 
you learn to really appreciate boiled mutton and hot tea with butter in it and shots of vodka by the time you came back to the the houses they called their winter spending place, their adobe houses. I'll do it as long as I can afford and walk. (laughs) Now, currently, what are the major threats to the world's eagles? Habitat destruction. And, of course, the unknown consequences of climatic change. I mean, if an eagle has a very small habitat, an island habitat or a marginal habitat, a change could make it really difficult. Now, I think our classical eagle, our golden, is not only unendangered, it'll thrive. It's likely to, <laughs> it's likely to outsee our species if we don't wise up. But uh, some other eagles with small ranges or... or threatened habitats, those are the ones I'd really worry about. Also, a peculiar, very ambivalent threat, ambivalent in the sense we're trying to do it for good reasons, wind farms are a real problem for eagles. They're supposed to be clean energy, but I wonder that the ecological costs of such things as wind farms on bird populations might be more than we might be willing to pay if we understood them. Let's talk about the future of the eagle. No, better yet, let's have you read from the very end of your book, the last paragraph that you have. Eagles will continue to be eagles, splendid and for the most part indifferent to our ways. Some of us will always be obsessed with them, love them, hate them, make art or friends of them. They don't care. They ask nothing but to go on their splendid old dinosaurian way, over our heads, in or out of our minds. They need us less than we need them. If we leave them a space, they cannot live in cities, though balds may yet. They may well outlive our restless species, as they predate it. If we don't, we might find that many will vanish, leaving only the eagles of the mind that we have created in their image. We will be the poorer for it, but I confess I doubt it will ever happen. I suspect it is more likely that Aquila will pass like a shadow over the last human ruins." casting a benign predator's glance at them as she hunts on down the wind. Stephen Bodio is a writer, naturalist, and falconer from New Mexico. His latest book is called An Eternity of Eagles, the human history of the most fascinating bird in the world. Thanks so much, Steve. Thank you. This was fun.